Hello, my pop culture junkies, and happy Thursday. This is Pop Culture Mondays on Thursdays, and I'm your host, Brooke Hammerling. Pop Culture Hi guys, happy Thursday. It's been a fucking week. What can I say? We have a lot to talk about, so I'm just going to get into it. For those of you who follow me on social media, this man needs zero introduction. So I'm just going to launch right into it and then we're going at it. This is the one, the only George Hahn. Wait, before you say anything, George, I'm going to, for those people who might not know, you're an actor. You're a writer. You are a social media star. You are a sometimes guest host of the very famous Pivot podcast with Scott Galloway and Kara Swisher. You are friends to many of my friends. And you are, according to the New York Times, and I'm going to butcher the pronunciation because I took 12,000 years of French and it did nothing, an urban raconteur. Is that correct? Nailed it. Nailed Nailed it. it. Oh my God. See, you know, <laughs> raconteur. I don't even know what that word really means, but it sounds sophisticated and glamorous. It does. Sound, is- it has a really, a raconteur, I think is just sort of a storyteller, someone who can just spin a good tale, you know, someone who talks in a way that you want, that makes you want to listen. A raconteur is a talker that you like listening to, I think. Isn't that interesting? Because A, that is exactly what you are, but B, I always think of a raconteur as somebody who's also fabulously stylish. I don't know why. Why is it that it's like a fabulously hot, sophisticated, glamorous looking storyteller? So I feel like that's going to be how I define it. You know, they say there's a magazine, I think one of the few really worthwhile men's style magazines, perhaps the only worthwhile one on the planet is called The Rake from London. And someone who is rakish. It's literally okay. R-A-K-E, like the yard tool, yes. uh, is someone who is a, a snappy dresser. Yeah. So maybe that's like all part of the same Could germinate of- from the same, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Well, whatever. You are stylish and you are an amazing storyteller. And guys, so I'm just going to get into the George Hahn thing because what we're going to talk about today, it's a pop culture podcast, but we've been through it. If you read the newsletter or if you didn't read the newsletter, it doesn't fucking matter. You realize the state of the world has fundamentally changed. Women in particular have lost a lot of their rights. And it seems that the writing is on the wall for other things to happen. Uh, Gay rights, contraception, all, all the real stuff that makes us a democracy and a free state. So that thing is something to talk about. And George is somebody that has such a specific style, your style in the way that you cut through things on Twitter and on Instagram and on TikTok. I mean, I find you in all the platforms and I, I'm i always just so happy to hear your take, whether it's sarcastic or whether it's straightforward. You are so, so fucking thoughtful about it. And I can't tell you, so George and I met for the first time in the most New York City of ways. We've been friends online for some time, but I was coming into New York for like a hot second and I was like, all I want to do is have dinner with this man. And I was very lucky that he said yes. And I just want to tell you before we get into it, George, we put those pictures out on social media 
And I woke up this morning to like, I don't know, like 80, 18 texts from people, George Han, George Han, George Han. Oh my God. One of them being an ex-boyfriend of mine, Mike Mills from REM, who I think we talked about a little bit at dinner and the bass player from REM, an old boyfriend of mine, a dear friend, somebody I still like to fight with. And he's like, you met George Han? I'm so fucking jealous. What? He knows I exist. I am going That's to connect insane. you. That's insane. I, he's like flabbergasted that I know oh. you. And I was, I honestly got a little annoyed because I, I remember he used to not really be into technology and I was this girl, you know, I used internet and all of that. Now I'm like, you're, you're finding out like about my people because of Twitter, you motherfucker. But yeah, he's a huge fan. For me. It's the end of the world as we know it. And honestly, I feel fine. You took the words right out of my mouth. I thought that was going to be the best segue. Maybe, David, I can just I can ping Mike and see if I can get the rights to play the song in the pod. It is the end of the world as we know it. I don't actually yeah. feel fine. I will say I'm wearing my coastal grandmother aesthetic look, which I wrote about in the newsletter this week. It's a big it's a big trend on TikTok. And the, and the Gen Z is dressing in coastal grandma attire, which is sort of like imagine any female character in a Nancy Myers movie. You know, any of those movies where you had Diane Keaton in Something's Gotta Give or The Holiday or just that it's called Coastal Grandmother Elite. It's like comfy. Meryl Streep and it's complicated. Yes. yes, exactly. And I think that we're all going there because it's like comfort. We need comfort. We need to feel safe. Nancy Myers brings us safety. They, they you know, those kitchens. She does. It is, it is a real restoration hardware catalog, each movie. I, and we're, I'm becoming a basic bitch, but I need that comfort of the, the soft materials, the things that keep me feeling, um, not panicking. And I'm, but I'm slightly fucking panicking. And we watched this unfold. We knew that the, the news was coming, but I would like, where were you? What was your feeling? And, you know, as somebody that has such a strong voice, where were you? And what was your first reaction? I had just done, as you know, and as your some of your listeners may know and will know now, every morning, almost every morning, I do a live dog walk in Central Park with my dogs on Instagram. I had just, that was Friday, I had just done one and was talking about, I don't know what, not that, because that hadn't broken yet. I finished the walk, got out of the park, got into my apartment and looked down at my phone and saw the alert from... I get alerts from it's either the New York Times, Washington Post, the Wall Street Journal or NPR or CNN. Right. So your phone exploded, exploded. (laughs) You know, the Supreme Court struck down, you know, Roe v. Wade, however it was phrased with each headline, with each respective news source. And I just sort of stopped. I think I got like one leash off one dog. I was in the middle of doing the second ones and I saw the headline on my phone and my other dog just sort of stood there for about 10 minutes as I'm just still with her leash on as I'm staring at the phone, trying to absorb what I'm looking at. And then I thought, I remember thinking, fucking hey, they did it. Did you, cause we I, were you like me that we knew it was coming, but did you have some yeah. glimmer of hope that this was like, they, somebody had leaked it in the hopes that that would then light a fire under them and they would realize maybe it's not the right thing. And let's like, let's step it back a bit. Of course I did. But I also think there's a part of me that thinks that, that Alito is the one who leaked it. Oh, really? Yeah. It makes sense, right? 
I haven't read each version, but allegedly, not allegedly, apparently, the finished version is almost verbatim the same as the draft. Yeah. And there there are not many changes in there at all. So was I surprised? No. Was I surprised at, because I remember when the leak came out, we were being told, oh, they should maybe make a decision on this by summer. That's when I realized, oh, right, it's summer and how fast it happened. Yeah. Yeah, it was. And this was the day after the New York gun thing, which I didn't even know was coming. I mean, I'm not following the, you know, the the laws. Very few people did. I didn't. I remember. And then I saw through my like my network or whatever, people saying, I think that row is going to happen like tomorrow or early next week at that point. And I, I just was in such a foul mood. Like I was crying about anything. Like I cut an English muffin and I cut it incorrectly. So the English muffin was like uneven. It was too skinny for me to toast. I'm too fat on one. And I like threw it in the sink. And I just, I am like, this is the end of the world. And this was before the news, but when the news came out and then I'm, and again, I'm getting all my news from alerts, but I'm really going to Twitter and hearing what they're saying. And then I saw what Clarence Thomas said about opening the door for, you know, and it's not just gay marriage, gay relationships contraception. Clarence Thomas is essentially inviting. He is inviting some state, someone in some state to bring a case to the Supreme Court so that he can strike it down. That's what he's doing. Right. And it's interesting because yesterday people responding to the newsletter on Twitter, some joker with like five followers, but I read it all because I'm curious to just hear what even the trolls say. But there were a few people actually that said, Oh, because like Kara's tweet said, Brooke says guns have more rights than women. And it's absolutely Mm -hmm. true. And that's sort of a a trend that came out on TikTok when showing it and meaning that they ruled that it's not the state's that it's a federal law about guns. Right. But then Mm -hmm. it's state law about women. Like it doesn't make sense. Right. On one hand, you know, they're talking up both sides of their mouth. On one hand, the Supreme Court is saying, well, it's really. It should be, we should really leave it up to the states. But as you just said, when it came to the guns things, it was different. They're not consistent. This Supreme Court is crazy. All right. Amy Coney Barrett, who will hopefully be played by Laura Linney in the movie, is crazy. She is batshit. And what we should have seen in Barrett is that from go, she had the Michelle Bachman crazy eyes. It's like, what the fuck? Is nobody seeing this? This woman is nuts. She's nuts. And I will say somebody clearly, I mean, somebody really hurt Clarence Thomas as a child. Like he was not loved. He was not. I think he wants out of it. Maybe he wants out of his marriage. And this is his twisted way of doing it. Really? I mean, I don't think so. He's like going down with the ship with that crazy lady. But so the the woman, I don't understand how she's so connected to the January 6th uprising. This is Clarence Thomas's wife. And again, guys, the reason I'm talking about this in a pop culture podcast, because this is all unfolding in all of the social platforms. I get most of my news. I'm reading the articles, but TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter is giving me all different pieces of the puzzle and I'm then looping it together. But this is our pop culture right now, though. You get it, yeah, though, Brooke. It's, it, I it's, do. it's in the oxygen. Trump brought it really into everyone's consciousness because we had a pop culture figure who suddenly became president and it's, it, it, it's in the oxygen. You can't deny it. And what I hope... Well, maybe we'll get to this. I don't know. But like today is an election day as we record this. 
It is a, there's a, is a primary day here in New York around the country. Really? I voted the other day. I voted early. I hope other people get inspired because this is so in the, uh, in the oxygen and in the air and really a pop culture moment. This is so in the zeitgeist that especially young people get out there and vote like a motherfucker. Like everybody needs to vote. Let's like more than ever. Come on. My friend Britt, who is an avid supporter and listener of this pod, she, as a black woman, appreciates that they have Juneteenth and they made it a national holiday. But she's like, but why the fuck aren't they making Election Day a national holiday? Like all of these people who can't get off work, companies that don't allow people to get they have to come in earlier, go in late. And there's so many blocks like why can't we make it so it's easier for people to vote? That's uh, it just doesn't make any sense to me. I'm so proud of the way New York's Board of Election did it. I voted on a Sunday. I was, not to brag, gay, <laughs> gay Pride Sunday. I was on Jonathan Capehart's show on MSNBC. And then I came home and that was on a Sunday. And they had early voting all week. On a Sunday, I got to do it. You know, it's not like every that state everywhere. I know yeah. every state should do it. And it's confusing. And it was so easy. Yeah, it's well for you, but for others, like I moved to a new state and I'm still learning the different rules and law and they're all different. It doesn't make any sense to me. But today we had crazy, a crazy plot twist in Mm -hmm. in the hearings where it was the surprise guest, if you will, which I saw unfold because I wasn't able to sit in front of my television, but I saw unfold. I was getting text messages and It's Cassidy Hutchinson, who I guess was the top aide to Mark Meadows and Mm -hmm. recounted the sort of events that unfolded with the president of the time during the January 6th uprising. And it was pretty fucking damning, right? Yeah, it was pretty amazing. What was the most intriguing part? There was, let's see, there was the fact that she said that that Mark Meadows knew it was going to be a bad day, that they knew there were weapons, that the president was demanding that they drive to the Capitol and tried to. He grabbed the wheel, grabbed the wheel of the beast, they call it, which is the vehicle that drives the president and tried to grab. Does he even have a license? (laughs) Tried to grab the neck of a golf cart. That's the only thing he could drive. I mean, a golf cart in a, to McDonald's. I, I don't know. But he's, a, he's, he's a limousine queen. Like, does he even have a license? I don't. He was I, born I, in the back of a limo, practically. And yes, grab the clavicle of the other guy. Like, he's crazy. And then, and then he threw his lunch against the wall. And what I need to know is what the fuck is a 74-year-old president of the United States doing having a lunch with that much goddamn ketchup? That is not, that's an unhappy meal. What the <laughs> fuck is this guy? I mean, his McDonald's order, the only thing that I have in common with that man, and I will say it's one and it's one thing only is a Diet Coke. I get I get the love of a Diet Coke. But how is this man still alive? Are we supposed to be sitting here and eating fucking McDonald's like being obese and living forever? Like, what the fuck? It's going to hit him off. It's going to hit him out of nowhere one day. And that's the other thing. Like um, our mutual friend has said this a few times. He is, you know, he's going to die someday like we all are like. Right. But then what all these people and all of these people are going to be left, you know, without him. What do you think happens with these hearings? What's to what end? They can't do. Obviously, this committee, it legally does not have the power to do anything. What they are doing is bringing things. to. I think they're basically the point of this is to just make it so obvious 
what happened and then get the DOJ to do something. That's my understanding of it. And we're just waiting until they collect more and more evidence. We're still like today didn't do it. Today we had some amazing revelations, but what they need is a direct line. It was all, it flirted with it today where Trump knew there was going to be violence and like kind of like fomented it. Like we know this, we, we know it's true. We got really close to it today when we learned that she revealed, Cassidy revealed that he knew that the attendees of the rally were, had guns and he wanted the mags, the metal detectors removed. He he's said, like, they're, they're not, not coming they're, for me. They're not coming for me. Clearly he's only interested in his own safety. Doesn't give a shit about anybody else. They're going to hurt somebody else. They brought the guns for someone else but me. So let them in. Sick. Really sick. So we yeah. know that. But, you know, we're waiting for that definitive beyond the shadow of a doubt proof that that is still yet to materialize. We're getting closer. But at the same time, though, Brooke, I don't like it's exciting. This is great television. These are these hearings are really solid, tight, riveting two hours. And I love the 10 minute peanut butter sandwich break I get in the middle, but I'm not going to get excited until I see that dump in cuffs, that Oompa Loompa painted dump with the body of a wet Nerf ball. I want to see that fuck in cuffs and doing a perp walk and like getting sentenced. That's what I want. I mean, baby, we're on the same page and I appreciate that. And I want to talk to you a little bit about because you obviously have a point of view. It's incredible. And it's the right point of view. And everybody else is wrong who doesn't agree with you. But that's for, you know, that's it. they're not listening to us. But you came onto my radar because of social media. I found you. And I honestly don't remember which platform because I love all of them. Uh, but you do. You were doing this walk and talk. And you were giving a very, what I didn't question, the fact that you were a pro-Trump person. And it felt very much like satire, but it went, it went viral. This was your introduction to a grand audience. Can you, I was talking about it with, with you a little bit beforehand, but I thought we could just like, tell us what that was. What was the situation? How did it come about? What was the video? And let's go from there. Cause it's fascinating to me. Well, Molly Jongfast had spoken about, she has a podcast, The New Abnormal, and she had spoken about, this was at the height of the, this was back in September of 2020. So after our first summer of the pandemic, and this was after George Floyd, this was after some protests and a little bit of rioting and the media specifically or more particularly the conservative media, your Fox News is painting the scene in New York City as a bit of a hellscape. Like it's just this, it's fire, the city's on fire. Like that was the narrative. And I'm living here going like, I, I'm sorry, where, where? I'm not, I take the subway. I was taking the subway every day. I was working in an office uh, in Midtown, living on the Upper West Side. Like I am out and about. I, what are you talking about? So she posted a picture of wherever she lives. I think it's on the east side. And someone accused her of posting fake news like that picture is not real. And so she mentioned this. The picture was what? Just like a normal, beautiful day. A normal city street in late summer. You know, no in tank, summer. No, 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 no fires. No, yeah. <laughs> no oil drums on fire. Like, no, no Molotov cocktails. No. 
Because they, um, they, they, they tried to paint it like it was like the Batman, right? Like the new Batman. Oh, like it was like, and- like we're all Kurt Russell and Adrian Barbeau running through Escape <laughs> from New York. Like, <laughs> okay. You know, Isaac Hayes is coming to get us in a Cadillac with chandeliers on it. Sure. So um, that would be fabulous. It would be amazing. And my original video, the one you're talking about, was the Hellscape one, was my response to that. I was responding to Molly. Had you done no. this walk and talk? So you, so you paint us the picture. You're walking. You're very, first of all, George Hahn is a very handsome man. You're holding a camera. Mm-hmm. You're very like suave walking the dogs down the sidewalk and you're just holding it in sort of like profile looking in. And mm-hmm. what was that? And it was a first take. You just went with it. It you was didn't one take. It? it was one take. And it was a summer. People were eating dinner outside. I walked past big gay ice cream. People were having gay ice cream. People were having cocktails, enjoying wine and having a nice time. There's music. And I was and just, you were just saying this is sar- like sarcastically like it's, it's on fire. Like, this is terrifying. It's a, this, the city's on fire. This is terrifying. Look at people having dinner. It's awful. Oh, my God. You guys like I am so scared. Like New York City streets are like a fucking hellscape. I mean, there is like people and violence and like looting and fires everywhere and like the streets are lined with people doing things like getting ice cream gay ice cream and they're getting dinner i mean it's like so scary here you guys like i can understand why people left and they're not coming back because it's like so scary look at all the people having dinner i can't i can't oh my god and there's people having drinks and laughing and like what's happening oh my god Stop watching Fox News. You posted that and then you wake up the next day and your whole world changed. Oh, my God. Not even the next day. I was walking my dogs. So I had two dogs on leashes on my in my left hand. I was holding my phone in my right. And so I, you know, uploaded that video when it was done, put the phone in my pocket. I kept walking. And then I looked at the phone again. I'm still on the walk and my Twitter numbers are going crazy. And then I decided to upload the video to Instagram and watch what happened there. I didn't upload it to TikTok yet. I didn't even have a TikTok account. That's right. You, you came on to, to TikTok later, as did I really. So Because TikTok had a one minute limit at the time. Yeah. And that video was 77 seconds. So it didn't fit. Okay. And then people just, I saw it on Twitter and I saw it everywhere. And that was it. You, George Hahn was- Celebrities born. started tweeting it. Yeah. Media sensation extraordinaire on a sort of hot take, sarcastic approach to the fact that New York City was perfectly fine. Okay, so then I know that TikTok has taken some of your videos down, right? They didn't they it, oh, because yeah. they think that you're promoting a, a right wing agenda. What was it like? They satire? don't think it was. They didn't get it was satire, right? They didn't think it was satire. They <laughs> thought I was dead serious. I was suspended from TikTok three times that I'm aware of all for outrageously obvious satire. My, my videos were flagged for violating community guidelines. Okay. Okay. Cause you were like, mm-hmm. were you pretending to wear a Trump hat or something? Was that, was that my imagination? No, no. but you talk about yeah. Trump hats, you know, I have, I'm, I'm sure I've literally done. I think I've done like, it feels like hundreds of videos. I can't remember all of them. Did you have that reaction when 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 he was still president? I remember walking Potato, my dog, through Washington Square Park one beautiful fall afternoon. And there was a group of students, as there tend to be, you know, looking at the arch. And there were the teachers. And these kids were like 12-year-olds. 
And right. one of them was wearing a MAGA hat. And I, I couldn't believe it. I, I literally didn't know how to react. I wanted, I, I, I just was frozen. I'm like, you're in my town, Greenwich Village, in the heart of liberal America. I, I couldn't believe it. And he was wearing well, I'm a MAGA sorry. hat. What does make America great again to a 12 year old? I mean, but it's just clearly his parents, right? And they're like, this is a great idea to send you to New York with this add on on a field trip, like probably from like someplace in Connecticut or something. I have no idea, but I really wanted to, the reaction that it gives me, it really, it makes me feel, I feel like I'm going to throw something. I want to scream. I look in shock. My jaw drops to, to the floor. So I, I don't know. I can't continue in this, in this way. It's going to literally make me go, as they say, postal on people. If I continue mm-hmm. seeing this, this sort of, I don't know, like, for example, last night, when people responded to my, I, do you respond to those t- terrible people that tweet at you, the trolls? I lose my no. mind. I can't. No. I sometimes just, I see that they have like three followers, but I'll be like, you're an idiot. I just can't help myself. How do you I find really honestly, Brooke, I, I can't be bothered. TikTok or rather I should say um, Instagram has a great setting that I wish TikTok did, but doesn't. Instagram has a setting where only people who follow me can comment. That solved a lot of problems from troll with like troll problems on Instagram for me. Oh. Uh, TikTok TikTok does not have that setting. So anybody and also can- and I don't tend I don't see the negative comments because those t- they're like rocks they kind of like go to the bottom. Yeah. And I get a lot of comments on my videos, so I don't I don't have the, like I don't have the time to scroll all the way to the bottom, nor do I have okay. the interest. So yeah, I don't yeah. I literally don't see it. If it's there, I'm not seeing it. So guys, like. Go knock yourselves out. I don't see it, which means I don't give a fuck. So go crazy. I do want to switch gears a little because I find in my, besides wearing my coastal grandmother attire from like Jenny Kane, the other comfort that I find is going back and watching old shows. So I've been watching so much like original recipe, Law and Order, The Golden Girls, and inevitably sex in the city. These are comforts. These are things that I grew up with eighties and nineties. These bring me back to a more innocent time. Um, obviously we had a lot of problems in, in both decades, but give it to me. They, I love them. I like to feel the sort of nostalgia. And I recently watched the episode where I realized I have seen George Hahn before. And for those of you who were not aware, George Hahn had a, I mean, really a star making episode as far as I'm concerned. (laughs) Not really, because you know what it did for my career? Couldn't get an agent. No one would represent me and no one would call me. Well, maybe I don't understand because first of all, your body that thing had that episode had the opposite reaction of what people thought it was going to be. I wonder why that is. So Nothing happened. To recap to our, our our pop culture listeners, George was in the episode where Miranda was sort of having moments. She was in her apartment. She was feeling sort of forlorn. And all of a sudden, and she's sort of doing what Miranda does, sort of, you know, moping around the house, sort of eating ice cream, sitting on her couch. And then all of a sudden, she realized that the guy in the apartment across the way was sort of flirting with her through the windows. It's a very New York City thing. You can see into each other's totally. windows. I can do and it right the, now in my current apartment. 
And I mean, I think you should just make this an ongoing thing. And George uh, is 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 very sexy, so hot. I'm sorry to objectify you. And you weren't wearing a shirt, I believe. But like there is a towel situation. Anyway, she is realizing that he's flirting with her from across the way and sort of making kissy faces and just doing this sort of like, I don't even know what you call it. It's not like it's not phone sex. It's we were flirting. Those- Flirting, but in a very sensual way. And she showed showed a boob. I mean, she got really into it. She started dressing sexy and waving. I took my towel off. You dropped the towel. And Mm -hmm. so we were all excited. I remember being like, Miranda is going to start banging her neighbor. This is exciting. And then she runs into you. And by the way, what market was that? It looked to me, it was like, like old Balducci's. What do you remember where that market was filmed? Was it a real market? Yeah, that was Jefferson Market on 6th Avenue. It was Jefferson Market. I knew it was my, it was like, it's either Balducci's, which is Cinderella, and Jefferson Market, which is like, you know. It's gone now, you know that. I live right next, I live literally down the street from Jefferson Market. Just Um, up the street from um, uh, C.O. Bigelow. I mean, it's not far. Interesting. Right across the street from the Jefferson Library, which in a later episode is where Miranda got married. So it's all in the hood. Um, I live right there. I live on 10th and 6th. So Jefferson Market was my favorite grocery store. And I was like, what is that? What is that? Oh, I miss it. So you guys run into each other in the market and she's like, let's be Mm -hmm. adults. I want to talk to you. Like, it's me from across the hall. And you were like, oh, yeah, you're the lady who lives above the guy I'm flirting with. And it was never Miranda all along. Thought I'd be an adult here and come over and introduce myself. Hi, I'm Miranda, you know? (laughs) Across the air shaft. Oh, yeah, right. You're the girl who lives above the guy I've been cruising. And she was crestfallen. And it was this real like eye opener for her in sort of what she keeps doing wrong in her life. It was such a pivotal moment for our Miranda. I'm, I'm, you know, and you're, you were such a, a great person for that. And you had such like a sort of je ne sais quoi about you when you ran into her at Jefferson Market and you had no idea that she had been sort of having this whole fantasy life and romance and probably marrying you in her imagination. What was filming it that was like? So it was, first of all, a couple of things about it. First thing was that they cut my line. I was really relieved because I remember originally getting the script. I only had that one line because my entire story arc or whatever and the episode was through a window. And so I only had one in-person moment with her in that grocery store, and I only had that one line with her. And the line, the original line, as written and as we shot it, had the word sad in it. And I remember this specifically because it was so mean, and I always internally had trouble with it. Oh, like you're and the I sad said, woman? That was the line. You're the oh. sad girl who lives above the guy. And mercifully, before I hit the word sad, they cut away from me and cut to her cut out the word sad. And so the line ended up being, you're the girl who lives above the guy I've been cruising. But we filmed it as written and I called her sad. And that was just like, as soon as I said the line, I just looked at Cynthia and I just went, I'm so sorry. This is so awful. And I'm so happy they cut that. I'm so happy. Also, Miranda is not, she had a lot going on, but sad wasn't how I would it was, it was I'm glad they did it. It was too much. It went too far. And then that was my two scenes, the stuff in the window we did one Friday night and that Jefferson market scene was like the following Friday night. 
And on the week in between those two shoot days in a drunken blackout, I had broken my foot. So when I am in Jefferson Market filming that scene, I'm walking on a broken foot. I called the show. True story. And I called the production office the day before. I begged when I went to the hospital. I said, you can't put this in a cast. I have to be on a TV show. It was just like it was a fracture on the outside bone of my foot. It was very painful. And I called the production office and I said, you know, I'm going to show up on the set with crutches. So tell Michael Spiller, the director, that he's going to get every shot he needs and not to worry about it. And that message didn't get through. So when I showed up on the set, the PA was like, I'm sorry, what do you, what are those? And I said, Michael's going to get every shot he needs. Do not worry about it. I know. How did you remember? I mean, it was a drunken blackout. So you don't remember how the injury happened? No. Oh my God. Well, that's a true pro. Did you end up going back and getting a cast after, or did you just stay on crutches? No, because it had been so long. You know, and they yeah. put it in a wrap. They wrapped it. I had one of those like Velcro shoes like that you put on. Oh, yeah. Sexy. Very sexy. And so I took all that off, put a real f- shoe on it. I actually wore my own clothes in the scene. Patricia Field Obviously. Um, put me in most of my own clothes. Nobody needs to dress George Hahn unless you are an, a brand looking to, you know, have him endorse you. You should dress him. But the man. I believe I was in head to toe Banana Republic at the time. OK, well, you know yeah. what? It was that moment. It was that moment. You know what you do when whatever you do, if you happen to break a foot again in a non-drunken stupor, I assure you the person you don't want to be with is Kara Swisher, because I happened to break my foot ankle walking with her one day years ago it was a mother's day we were walking our dogs in dc i mean i am a very clumsy person and i had sneakers on and we were just walking along the street granted it was the street that my mother grew up on so i do feel like my mom i I have a tendency of falling in dc but i was walking with her and i just tripped i literally tripped over the sidewalk and i went down and i knew something was wrong immediately the pain was so crazy my ankle swelled up like the size of a grapefruit maybe even a cantaloupe and Kara goes Uh, get up you're fine just get up put weight on it just walk it off don't be such a baby (laughs) and her ex-wife so Megan yeah they ended up having to take me to the hospital of course it's like you know I was in a boot for the next three months but she's like walk it off man up did you have a cast or just the boot? I was in the like, the air boot thing. It was, yeah. it was bad. Mine was wrapped and in the boot. And then I had crutches and I, I had the crutches for, it was probably about three or four weeks. So the sex in the city thing is interesting to me, George, because I, I do feel like you're one of these men. It's just, it's all happening now. And maybe I'm, I'm grateful for that. Not, not, I'm sure it's not fun, but you're, you're such a, you're a media personality. You're so, you, you just, say what we all are thinking in in such a way that is so brilliant and so fun and tragic and hilarious all at the same time. And I wonder if you had ended up becoming this world famous actor as a result of Sex and the City, if you would have, that would have been impossible for you because you, you can't really be that person and have that kind of career. So the gift for us, and maybe not for you, but for us, I will say, is that we have your voice. Well, it's... Well, thank you. First of all, I would say, and we talked about this a little last night. Um, my pl- the plan was just to be an actor. You know, all I ever really wanted to do was to audition, get the gig, learn the character, learn my lines, get into costume, show up and do it. Or if it's a theater thing, 
I loved rehearsing. I loved live theater. Terrifying, but I loved it. It's exhilarating. And do it. That's all I wanted to do. Now, life, like the doors that are opening or the, the conversations that are happening, I should say, are about me sort of being the architect of whatever it is that I am sort of becoming. And it's daunting and terrifying because like when you're an actor, you're generally, unless you're also writing it and producing, but if you're just an actor, like the hired gun, your job is to just like learn the character, memorize your lines, hit your mark and do it. Simple. Well, I'm, I'm really, it's not fair to actors because no, they're but good ones. Obviously. It's more than, it's more than that. I'm very, I'm general, I'm really simplifying it, but uh, that's all I wanted to do. And so, but now this other thing that I'm doing or opportunities that are maybe having, I don't know. It's daunting to me. It's terrifying. There but is, is it, you get that same exhilaration as you did with auditions. I will say like when I do the videos, when I do videos for, you know, social media, these satirical things that are always in reaction to something I hear in the news or something stupid that a politician did, all the videos I've done are a reaction to some stupid circumstance or attitude that I feel needs calling out. When I release a video and then I will like, cause I'm, yo, I got an ego. So I will look at the reaction. What are people say? I don't scroll all the way down, as I said, to see the negative stuff, but like, do people enjoy it? As a performer, I do look for validation. Any yeah. performer who tells you that he or she doesn't is lying. Yeah. Well, that's um, why, you know, I was, I told you last night and for those listening, I was a child actor. I wanted to be, I was in, I was in everything that my family would allow me to. And I, I ended up not becoming an actor because I could not handle rejection, which is also the, the sort of like a whole point of my whole existence. Probably I can't handle rejection, but I was in this play. I went to Choate Summer Theater and there was one of these plays and my dad was a conservative lawyer. My mom was an Episcopal minister and they had three plays. You could do the classical play like an Antigone, a musical or a contemporary play where the playwright, generally a graduate of Choate, was there on site. And I got cast in the contemporary as the lead. But I I mean, I was 13. I'd never even kissed a boy by, at this point. But I, I'm in a black box theater and the lights turn on. Everyone's around. The light is just on me and I'm sitting there and I'm going through a photo album. And in the photo album, I'd put like pictures of the guys I had crushes on in real life, like cutouts from like teen beat magazine of like Johnny Depp or river Phoenix or whatever. And I'm sitting there and I have a cigarette and I, I go through, I open up the photo album. I'm like, Johnny, he was the first. He took me in the backseat of my daddy's Cadillac. And I start talking about how I first, I started having sex. I was like a teen hooker and I was having sex with all the men and I kept their, their lock of their hair and their, their picture in the photo album. And I was like, a an old woman looking back at my teen hooker days and my parents were in the audience. My Terrified. Yeah. I mean, they're not conservative. They're socially liberal, but like, this is not what they anticipated for their 13 year old daughter. And, um, that was the end of that. My, my dad offered to buy me a horse instead so I could get into horseback riding. 
Which so I, you I, never could have been Jodie Foster and Taxi Driver, baby. I mean, I didn't have I didn't have the talent or the looks, but man, I really wanted it. But I would not have handled then. It was also the same program that was like, let's never have you sing. There's not like I am so off <laughs> in everything. They're like, you just we're just gonna teach you how to lip sync. This is there's no breathing exercise. Wow. There's nothing they could do to teach me how to sing. So acting was not is on the cards for me. It wasn't, but rejection is, is the thing that really hurts. And that's why I'm really bad with looking at those negative comments on Twitter. Like I just, I need blinders. I need to like, I feel all the blood in my body boil and I have to learn. I always tell my clients, I tell my friends, put the fucking phone down, but it's really hard to do it myself. I had, it wasn't out of nowhere because before that whole thing blew up, you know, back in September of 20, you know, I maintained a blog. I had, I had an internet presence, you know, georgetown.com was a thing. I had a social media presence. I had an audience, just not on the scale that I do now. And I certainly had, uh, I was no stranger to ne- negative feedback. So that right. was not new to me. It was right. just on a bigger scale. You know, I was kind of used to it. So it's, I don't, I'm pretty good at letting it roll off my back. Yeah, it's incredible. Yeah. Well, I just can't wait for when when you are that global superstar I know you're going to be, and you basically already are, but to say, like, look at, I got to do a pod with George Hahn. Oh, come on. I swear to God. And we went to the Odeon last night, guys, and it's a classic New York. Uh, my parents. My favorite. One of my favorites. To go there. And we had oysters and it was just, it was spectacular. It was really like the quintessential New York City night. And it was, it was just It was perfect. good. It was really We kind of closed the joint. Did you notice that? We closed it. They turned the lights off. I mean, it was yeah. hilarious. Yeah. yeah. There was like two tables left and it was bustling when we got there. Bustling. Okay, George, this is the time we get to marry, make out, mute. Do you have yours or do you want me to go first? Yeah, you go first. Okay. I'm going to go through some of the things we mentioned, but I'm going to absolutely make out with Jude Law from The Holiday. And I believe it's a Nancy Myers film. I'm sure hoping so. I think so because Cameron yes. Diaz. It is Cameron Diaz's house. My cousin's in it. Your co- Who's your cousin? Catherine Hahn. You know, when you said your cousin was Catherine Hahn, I didn't realize that was your cousin, Catherine Hahn. I thought it was another woman named Catherine Hahn. She's fantastic. I love her. I'm obsessed with her. She's amazing. Yeah, she is. She uh, she- with the John Krakowski, is that his name? I don't ever know how to pronounce his name. They're the, the trailer editors that work for Cameron Diaz. So I would like to make out with Jude Law from that movie, from that movie. I don't care for him now. Or the young Pope. I liked him in that, too. And then, and then I would marry George Hahn. Would totally. Oh, come on. <laughs> we come could just on. We could, we could walk our dogs in the park together. We could, you know, tweet at Kara and Scott. We could just have so much fun. Um, and it would be a really good marriage because we would just be best of friends. And then I would mute the Supreme Court. <laughs> mute, we mute, would be, mute. We would be, that's a great mute. I might steal that one and get on the same page with you. That's really good. Yes, we would be the Barry Diller and Diane von Furstenberg of our generation. You said it. You said it. And isn't it not the dream? I mean, they have the greatest yeah. marriage. They have the greatest right. marriage. Baby, you can do what you want. You go and hang out with your son, we'll just, you know, at Shelter Island at the with the boys on Sunset, Sunset Beach. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'm going to go off to the south of France with my girls and wear a wrap dress and smoke long skinny cigarettes and call it a day. We'll have the best. Wow. Be much fun. 
I'm ready. Okay. This game is so crazy. All right. So I'm going to go with your mute too. I'm going to take a step further. I would love to mute the Supreme Court. And I also want to mute all the Republicans who are just like, because they're part of pop culture now, because they want the attention. I'm talking about your Lauren Boebert's, your Marjorie Taylor Greens, oh. your Jim Jordans. Yes. I want to mute all of that shit. And I hope, uh, anyway, who do I want to make out with? Gosh, it's such, <laughs> this is such an, I, this is so hard. Does, do they have to be alive? No, it could be, it could be oh. a, animal, vegetable, mineral, fictional, non-fictional, no, dead or alive. Be, it's going to, it's going to be human. Otherwise it would be weird. Who would I want to make out with? Probably Cary Grant. Okay. I'm here for that. Yeah. I'm sure he would have wanted to make out with you too. Maybe I would marry Cary Grant. He might've been too weird though. Okay. Cary Grant might be marriage material or at least a character that he played, like the character from To Catch a Thief or Charade was, I think his character in Charade was marriage material. Who would I want to make out with? Like, and really like, or just someone throw me onto the bed and have his way with me? Yes. Maybe it would have been like Sean Connery or 1970s Burt Reynolds. Okay. Okay. Was that Playgirl Burt Reynolds? Like Deliverance, Burt Reynolds. Oh, okay. Do, 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 do. So I have a picture of Sean Connery and that like hot Sean Connery before we knew that he like beat women up, Sean Connery in a towel yeah. framed in my bedroom. Oh, that's right. There was that. Ugh. I know, but no, it doesn't matter. We know about it before. It's before we heard he like beat up the ladies. It was a different time, guys. I do want to dedicate this podcast to my dear friend and incredible talent, Lily Allen, the singer, the writer, the actress. Uh, Lily Allen was an incredible performer this past weekend at Glastonbury. Her famous song from 20 years ago or 15 years ago, Fuck You. She performed with the superstar Gen Z act, Olivia Rodrigo, or singer Olivia Rodrigo, who pulled Lily Allen up on stage to sing Fuck You to the five Supreme Court justices. At the end of the day, they truly don't give a shit about freedom. It was a remarkable moment. You had thousands and thousands of thousands of people cheering. And I dedicate Mm -hmm. my newsletter to them and I dedicate my podcast to Lily Allen, who is a friend, somebody I love and admire and just cannot be happier for her moment because this is exactly what that song is for. And Olivia Rodrigo, who I don't know, but she seems adorable. That's it. I saw the clip. It was pretty great. It was pretty great. It could have been, they could have sounded like shit and it was pretty great. I mean, there was, you know, it was just great. And um, plus Lily was wearing all Chanel and I have to respect it. <laughs> all right. Well, George, thank as you. you should, as you should. I mean, Chanel and Glastonbury, I, it is the first Glastonbury that made me want to go. I'm definitely want to go next year. It's like, it's definitely a higher brow festival and I'm here for it. I want to go. Thank you guys. Um, next week I will be, hopefully we'll get this together. I will be coming to you uh, from London, London, England, where I am the happiest person because I have a real thing for English men as we all know. I love this. 
I love you guys. David, our amazing producer. And tell everybody about this podcast, guys. This is my joy, and I hope you had fun. And I'll catch you next week. Thank you so much, George. Thank you, Brooke. Pop culture Monday.